Well, it's Thursday here on the program, so it's time to talk water problems again with my colleague from Triple M in the Goulburn Valley, Bill Bradley. G'day, mate. G'day, Stephen. Good to have you back, mate. Thank you, mate. Um, look, this, uh, this issue is starting to ramp up, and it's starting to, I, I think, get some traction. And we saw the New South Wales government, the entire cabinet, go out to Burke and Dubbo over the last few days to talk to farmers. And mm. it's interesting that I know you're going to be part of a convoy um, that's heading down to Canberra shortly that we'll talk about, but um, I got a message from a, a resident in the central west of New South Wales suggesting that the Murray-Darling Basin plan itself is not so much the issue, it's changes that have been made since 2012. Is that, in your understanding, is that right? Well, yeah, it even goes back further than that, Stephen. And look, there, there are some benefits to the plan. The simple fact is, is that it's gone too far and it's been handled terribly. When it was first brought into the parliament in 2007 by John Howard, uh, the whole notion, the, the whole goal was to purchase 30% of the irrigation water available and keep it in storage for when situations like this happen so that the farmers could get the water. It was basically the government safeguarding it. Mm. That was the whole purpose. Uh, but then, you know, as I said, it's gone too far. So many people have been involved that shouldn't have been involved. And we're now faced with a situation where, you know, the original aim of the plan has completely gone out the window. Well, mate, you've done um, the last video in your series, and we're putting that up on our Facebook page today as well. Um, mm. Tell us, what uh, what have you heard out and about this week? Out and about this week has really been farmers getting behind this Can the Plan convoy, uh, which is going to be in Canberra next Monday and Tuesday, which I'll be a part of. Um, and from our last chat, mate, uh, look, not a lot of people overly happy with the, the, uh, the drought relief package. Mm. They don't feel that it really does address the immediate uh, crisis. It's more like, well, this will happen in time. They don't have time. That's what they keep telling me. They're like, mate, I've just sold my last 80 heifers to China. Like, I've got a sale sign out the front. Like, nothing they do um, on this plan is going to help me in any single way. So it's still very desperate, mate. And it's not just from here in the Golden Valley. It's you know, New South Wales, you know, Queensland, you know, all over. And then to make it even worse, we've got bloody bushfires to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's when it rains, and I, I hate to say this, but when it rains, it pours. And then, and unfortunately, yeah. it's not raining. That's the issue. But, mate, um, the thing about this latest uh, drought package, and the thing that stuck uh, struck out for me is that the previous time they put a package like this out there, something yeah. like only 120 people took it up. Out of 80-odd thousand farming families across Australia, a hundred decided it was worthwhile to them. What makes them think that it's any better this time? Well, a lot don't. And really what their what the concern is, is that with the billion dollars of loans that are up for grabs, it, it'll likely put them further into debt. And yep. these farmers are already in a lot of debt as it is. Mm. Um, so, you know, risking, risking that it's actually going to come off, they, their crop will work or they'll get more livestock, they're just not willing to take that risk. They've been burnt too badly. And and the, and the risk of getting further into debt is so high yep. that they're just not they're not willing to take the risk. They might as well sell up and and, and just get off the land, which is incredibly sad. It's the times I've spoken to are generational, you know. And yeah. I guess the saddest thing, Stephen, I'm not sure that we spoke about this last time, but farmers have said to me, Bill, people are just going to think I'm a bad farmer, and I'm not. And that's heartbreaking to hear, mate. Yeah. You know, because they're all about the pride of the land. That's all they know. Absolutely, and and you know, we know that. Uh, look, and the reality is that there are some farmers out there that aren't up to the task. But in the last mm. twenty years or so, Australians, Australian farmers have become absolute world best practice. You know, um, I mean, we're, we're at the very, very pointy edge of, of, of how we do this right across the world. So, I mean, uh, surely by now, anybody that, that was not up to it has been weeded out of the system already. Uh, that, that's true in part. I mean, the, the biggest issue now is that we're unreliable producers. Yeah. So all the international, particularly China, uh, uh, lots of areas of Europe, 
aren't relying on Australia anymore and looking elsewhere because we can't produce. And for a country that used to be, like you said, at the pointy end, uh, when it came to Australian produce, everyone wanted it. Mm. Um, they're having to look elsewhere because we just don't have it. Yeah. So you take that away. And look, I heard a statistic just as I was in the car before. The, the almond farms are set to expand. And as we know, they're a very high water use crop. Mm. Um, so if they're expanding almond farms, uh, that means that they're going to want more and more and more water. And uh, two farmers have told me that that will see the end of the dairy industry in Australia. If that does happen and they get their water because they can afford it, the dairy farmers all over Australia will go out of business um, and there'll be no such thing as, as, as dairy farming in this country. Which is, is, I mean, there's a couple of things. I heard a, a, a statistic last night that one dairy farmer per week is walking off the land in Australia, and that's At least, at least. Um, Easy. You know, it, it, it's just staggering when you think of, of numbers like that. But yeah. isn't it interesting that in the, in the last week or so, we've been complaining about China buying up our dairy industry. There's not going to be a dairy industry left for them to buy up. I don't know what you're going to buy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, there's nothing left. You know, I mean, all these cows are being, um, you know, they're either being sold off or slaughtered. And, um, you know, you can't get them back once that happens. Hmm. Frightening, isn't it? Mate, um, I know that uh, Alan Jones, who broadcasts on 2GB in Sydney, has been pushing this. Luke Boner has been pushing it. I've said it a number of times on my program. And every farmer we've said it to has said, well, that's a great idea. I don't know why the government can't sort of get their head around it. Is if we, The interest-free loans are great as long as there's a program in place that farmers can only need to start paying it back when they get in the red again. That's exactly right. I mean, I think you and I spoke about this in terms of offering like a HECS-style yeah. system, basically like they do for students, saying, look, uh, we're going to give you this money now, uh, and you can start paying it back once you are earning above a certain income. And that's mm. what they do for students. It works very, very well. I don't see any reason, I haven't heard any reason, as to why it wouldn't work in, in the farming sector. It's a, it gives them relief, uh, relief in the short term and long term, it gives them the ability to get back on their feet without added pressure or further debt. It seems like the government is just not hearing this. Yeah. And they're simply, and, you know, and, they're, and they're being influenced by the Greens, which is a very bad decision because you just need to keep them right away from policy mm-hmm. um, because like, they, they stuff it up every time. And I know that's a very forward thing to say, but it is true. Um, I mean, if they're such great environmentalists, why aren't they encouraging forests to be flooded and killed? That doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. No, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. well, mate, look, if uh, you're going to be so you're going to be in Canberra Monday, Tuesday next week, we might catch up with you um, maybe Monday night, and you can let us know what numbers are like and um, and what the response has been. Yeah, and just to be just to be clear, Stephen, I've got one more video to come, which is going to be a lot of footage from the rally, uh, and I'm also going to be doing footage from uh, uh, the Oshie farmer, uh, who was the guy that you might remember cut up that very expensive Coles toy on national TV just yep. to buy water and got death threats. So I went out to his farm. And his story is heartbreaking, mate. If you to get death threats because you cut up a toy because you're trying to get water for your property to keep it afloat, I mean, what kind of country are we living in where people get away with that? Well, and that's the sad thing, isn't it? Is that, you know, every time you think that uh, that city folk are getting some cut through and starting to understand what's really going on out here in the bush, yeah. you hear stories like that that says, well, they, ju- they just don't get it. It's heartbreaking, mate. Yeah. Bill, we'll catch up with you on Monday, mate. Look forward to it, Stephen. All the best. Bill Bradley from Triple M in the Goulburn Valley.